Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson, and because it is somehow already and yet only September, we thought it would be a good time to check in with a pal about what books you don't want to miss this fall. Barry Hardiman is NPR's books editor. Barry, hey! Hello! Hello again! Here we are, even further into the pandemic, I know, and like, still what? glowing. Uh, <laughs> that's that's very nice of you to I mean I think it's just because this closet is a little stuffy but I mean well, well it's it great win, to know. be able to control our own lighting isn't it that's the thing we didn't have in the pre-pandemic <laughs> world so I wish I wasn't in a basement but what are you gonna do you look great you look Thanks. great Thank you. so before we actually talk about books I thought it would be kind of fun to ask you about the controversy that is what actual fall is like oh. you know we're in the first week of September now like it's almost Labor Day. Does that mean it counts or do we wait till September 21st or is it, you know, like what do you, where, where do you fall on this? I have to say I used to live in, I lived in LA for two years and which I, I adored LA, but the passing of seasons makes me remember time. Like otherwise I'd be like, mm-hmm. how old am I? I mean, I know how old I am, but like, you know what I mean? Like how old are my kids? Like, it's just like a thing that Mark's like, okay, here we are again. You get another chance. And without seasons, I was kind of like, wait a second. What's like, you just the days run together. And especially, you know, because of the pandemic, I'm grateful for fall. Yes. Anything to demarcate time, I suppose. Yes. It's just like extra useful Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. So when I, when I sent you an email to ask you about fall books, you were like, I have a fun rhyme we're going to do as a conceit for this episode. <laughs> Will you explain to the people what is about to happen? So um, I I get asked for book recommendations all the time. And you have to sort of um, be like, well, what do you like? And what kind of reader are you? Mm-hmm, Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love to have some kind of conceit, some frame around what to do it. So I mm-hmm. often do the old uh, wedding rhyme of something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. And the reason is, is I feel like it. Um, you, you can get a lot of out of it. Like, you know, you can get something that's just out that you might not have heard. You can get mm-hmm. something old that you might not have remembered. You can get something that you wouldn't have read without somebody helping you. This is the something borrowed. And something blue, I define differently every time. And I will tell you when we get there. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, my first thought when you say something blue is that it's going to be super profane. But I don't think that's the direction you're going. Oh, my God. I love how you're thinking of it. (laughs) It's like, this is where we get the kinky stuff. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't wait to come back with, like, something blue. (laughs) Love it. Oh, my God. Next time. Next time. Good to know. Good to know. That's a thank you. You've actually really yeah, that's you know, super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's rare that somebody is trying to make me more more filthy. So I'm like, really, really this is a very impressive. impressive oh, yes, you have Greta. permission, Barry. Welcome to Nerdette. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it here. OK, so let's start with something old. 
Okay, so something old um, that I picked up again during the pandemic because it is so completely a different world. And I think maybe we talked about this before. Like the idea of being out of this one is actually really great. Yeah. Um, this is a book called The Crimson Petal and the White. It is by Michelle Faber. And it came out maybe like 20 years ago. This is a sort mm-hmm. of an – this was like the most – popular book of the summer in like 2002. So it was a very well-known book, but sometimes those books kind of fade and we forget about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one is, uh, I remember reading a review of this, or maybe the person who gave it to me was like, this is the book that Dickens would have written if he could have been really dirty. And <laughs> this book is so brilliant. It is about, um, it tells the story of a prostitute and um, this rich man named William. The prostitute's name is Sugar. And um, the the sort of advantage to being in Dickensian London with a prostitute and somebody who can say it all is that they say it all. <laughs> it's like, you know, you get really, truly the sights and the sounds and the smells and the, and the, ooh, and the, all that stuff. Um, but you also have this, Sugar is just a character that, um, do you ever, have a character in your head that you're kind of like, huh, I wonder what she's doing. Like, I yes. actually, like, yes. literally, I'm like, I wonder what Sugar's doing. And, yeah. like, I do this with, like, Kim Wexler on uh-huh. Better Call Saul. Like, this is, <laughs> but this is, like, a completely different thing. Like, Sugar is someone I think about all the time. And she's oh, I love this that. odd, thin, weird-looking prostitute who who has a, uh, a sk- who I believe has eczema. And is just beloved by the men of the city because of she's so interesting and smart and other reasons that I can't I really probably shouldn't say on Nerdette. Um but even Nerdette. But she ends up um so this this older man, this rich man, William, ends she ends up being the governess to his child. And I won't tell you how that happens. Huh. And then the story of her relationship in that house is just this amazing mystery. It has an ending that I've never gotten over. I like would wow. love to know more. I think about it all the time. It is rollicking. You won't know what happens next. You will be so in love with these characters. You will be like, yuck. You will be like, woo. It'll be so – it's a great huh. book. And it is a doorstop. A so pitch. I recognize that like it's an epic <laughs> and whatever. But it's fall, guys. Like where are you going? Do you have a heat yeah, lamp? Right? No. Yeah, come on. And remind us what the crimson petal and the white? The crimson petal and the white. Nice. Okay, so something new. What are you thinking? Okay, so this book, which I now realize has something in common with Crimson Petal and the White, but I can't tell mm. you because I don't want to give it away. Um, this is a book called Luster, which just came out, and it's by yes. Raven Leilani. And maybe you've read like one of the great um, reviews of it, which have appeared in many places. Yeah, it's gotten a lot of attention. If you haven't, keep it that way. I highly recommend picking up this book the way I did, which is just blind, did not know anything about it. Um, because when you read it and you don't know what's going to happen next, it reads like like a highly literary Gillian Flynn. It wow. is so huh. smart and so interesting. It's about a, a young woman named Edie. She begins an affair with an older, an older man. guy, right? Yeah. Exactly. And she comes to uh, live in his house and they it comes to find out that she has something in common with the members of... Uh, his household. And I I really actually don't want to say more because it is actually kind of wonderful to come to blind. I do want to say that this is a book that uh, the the main character is a young black woman. Her observations about race and the way that it works, particularly because she works in publishing, is just so fascinating and chilling and 
uh, funny. And um, again, this is a book I think that's gotten a lot of attention because the sex is written um, both very explicitly, but also really smartly. Like you're like, no bodies. That's I have one too. Um, But also recognizably and this is just a great yarn and it is so beautifully written and I can't wait to go back and read it when I've forgotten more about it. You know what I mean? I love that. That's such a beautiful sentiment. I actually started, I read the first couple pages of it and I have a very low tolerance for self-destructive young women stories. Yeah. And I got really (laughs) nervous. Like even those first couple pages, I was just like, I don't know. And the writing was beautiful. I mean, there was that line about like, what is it like gerbils under her skin or something? Do you remember that? Yes. You know, it's like, it's so evocative. It's gorgeous. Yes. But like when it came to the actual plot, I was just like, ooh, I don't know if I can do this. I fully, yes, this is self-destructive. This is all of those things. It is, I will say, like, there's something kind of wonderful about being inside the skin of somebody who would do these things because it's interesting to sort of try them mm-hmm. on psychologically. Um, so, but yes, that. It's also, I'm really old, so I'm very far away from all my self-destructive things, except for all of the all of the chips I ate and still have in my teeth. But, um, you know, so I think like those, I, this is a time in my life I remember. I remember these experiences. I remember, you know, but I also mm-hmm. am a different, you know, I'm a young white woman, all of these different. Right. I, there's something about the perspective from which I read it that was also really sort of interesting. Hmm. So That's anyway, cool. I highly recommend it. Awesome. Okay, obviously. what is your <laughs> obviously? What's your borrowed? What did you borrow? Okay, so here is one. I don't know if everybody. I'm sure everyone is familiar with Lupita Reads. She is a bookstagrammer and oh, um, a totally, books blogger. Yeah. You know, I often scroll through her Instagram just to make sure that I like I'm not missing something. And she's got she reads widely, and I I love her uh, recommendations. And she recommended a book called um, Native Country of the Heart. It is by uh, Cherry Moraga. And this is a book, it's a memoir, and this is a book about a complicated parent. I love a book about a complicated parent. (laughs) I am a complicated parent, now that you mention it. This one is sort of in the tradition of, um, like, Vivian Gornick, Fierce Attachments, or, oh, even uh, Kiese Lehman's new uh, book that was new last year called Heavy, Uh where there is a difficult parent who has really become this pillar or center of a person's life. Now, the parent Mm. that we're talking about is um, her mother, um, Elvira, who is a mostly uneducated um, Mexican immigrant, working class. They live in a small town outside of Los Angeles. And she is this complicated and powerful person whom the world is against in all of these ways, um, in terms of her race, the... uh, education level her being poor and she's mad about it and that's awesome yeah being her child is not that awesome I could see that yeah but also clearly I now realize having read her other stuff that clearly was also a real instigation of you know of uh, Cherry Moraga's genius as well Um, this is just this sort of interesting way of like watching a woman who we would not know the details about you know she's she's mm-hmm. not famous she's truly underseen and sort of learning that this that, that she that her life was lived in protest against these conditions and what yeah. that led to um 
And, you know, I know people who have difficult relationships with their parents and lots of times it's hard to put yourself in their shoes and what they went through. This is one of these things that made me really think about the people in my life who have been difficult and why they might be difficult. Um, So I just love this memoir. If you loved Wild Game, which was Mm. another sort of one of these like difficult mother books, I really like this is a book for you. And it's um, it's slim and it just goes by really quickly as well. So it's just I highly recommend that sounds great. What about something blue that doesn't mean? Super <laughs> well, I'm glad because the first ones I recommended have so much sex. I know. Them. There you go. Yeah, there's some. Yeah. So well, we got good because now we're going to church. Okay, because this is <laughs> I'm going to recommend some Marilyn Robinson here. Yes. Um, so uh, the, I'm taking blue to mean sometimes I do blue like sad, depressed, but in this way mm-hmm. I think of something blue like something really moving, something with that just depth. like makes your heart swell. Exactly. Yeah. And in this case, this is a book that moved me to be a different human like I I, every time I read Marilyn Robinson I come out the other side a different person Marilyn Robinson who most people probably know because she wrote Gilead that's kind of her most famous I think and housekeeping housekeeping housekeeping. is her first book and that's the only standalone one um but Gilead and home and Lila are part of this um and now Jack are part of a a a group of novels which all with all the same characters they Mm -hmm. are so they all take as a different um their sort of their central uh, thesis is a different sort of subject. And in this case, I think uh, Robinson is she's always writing about God and our relationship to spirituality and why we are here. In this case, she is also writing about race. And so this book comes at a time that is just perfect. Um, wow. This is the story of Jack Botton, who is the the son, the sort of ne'er-do-well uh, son in Gilead of um of Jack Botton, who is the the one of the preachers that these stories tell. And uh, Jack is white, and he is in love with Della, who is black. And we already know from another book how this relationship ends. And so I'm not going to tell you. But they are living in segregated uh, post-World War II St. Louis. So wow. there are things against them. The first, maybe, I don't know, third, fourth of this novel takes place in a graveyard. Um, and it is such a moving exploratory of people who fall in love and why they fall in love. But it is mm-hmm. also peppered with not just um, these ideas about who we are and the skin we're in, but also with like, there were just so many things like I would just put the book down and be like, I got to think about that. I got to get another book off my shelf. I got to do a Google search. Mm, I got to yeah. like, it was so rich. And I could read it again and again. This is not one that you have to forget to go back to. You know, you're going to get something different from it every you want time. It the so, whole time. That's exactly. So I just love it. Okay, in just a minute, I will give some of my picks. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. 
I thought that I was too lazy to to fit my recommendations into this constraint that you provided, but I think I can do it. Oh, I'm so excited. I was so excited. Um, Okay, so I'm going to start with something old, which is still kind of new, but I think it's a great time. One thing I had talked to you about maybe trying to do with some like back to school notions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And something that I'm really excited to read that totally reminds me of like AP English class or, uh-huh. you know, college lit courses is Beowulf. <gasps> and there is a new translation of mm-hmm. Beowulf mm-hmm. by Maria Devana Headley. It's a translation. It's not a feminist retelling. She actually has also done a retelling. Yes, it's great. But I think it's fair to call this a feminist translation. And I think it fits in, you know, the Odyssey was translated by a woman for the first time last year. I believe the Iliad is coming out this or maybe it's the Aeneid. I always mix those up. There was a there was an Aeneid by a lady, by a woman, a couple. There already was an Aeneid. So, yeah, I just think it's really cool to see these old texts that we have revered for so long reexamined through a modern feminist lens. And I am super excited to check out this new Beowulf because I think it's just going to bring a lot to the story that I found, you know, that did not resonate with me as an 18-year-old. Let's just I say. can say I think she is brilliant. I loved the retelling that she did too, which was it's not a perfect novel, but it's like a interesting thing. Yeah. It is to see these you're right, to see these texts reinterpreted by people who have like historically been marginalized in the text and in the world is like uh-huh. it's like it's like you get to read it all over again. It's like you don't yeah. know what happens. Yeah. It's you know? really cool. It's super exciting. I'm kind of obsessed with it. Something new. Let's say uh, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Have you read any Victoria Schwab? Day? I haven't. No. Oh, my gosh. I need to get so in on she, it. So she writes uh, YA as Victoria Schwab. Her adult stuff, she's V.E. Schwab. And she writes a lot of different kinds of like sci-fi and fantasy. She's like... I feel like she's like barely 30 and has written a dozen books. Like she is just so prolific and she's totally honest about her anxiety disorder. You know, like she's just oh, one of those people love. who's like, Oh my God. Yes. Um, she's been working on the invisible life of Addie LaRue for quite some time now. And I just love her so much. I thought her um, Darker Shade of Magic series was like one of the best fantasy series I've read since Harry Potter. Oh, my God. This is so great. I'm looking for that. And it's so much more inclusive and exciting and sexy. And I don't know much about The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I tend to avoid reading synopsis if I can help it because I'm spoiler averse. Mm -hmm. But I believe it involves someone living over and over again in a beautiful love story. And I'm just I think it's going to be a little different than the rest of her stuff and I just cannot wait to dive in right ditto um my something borrowed is one I also have not read it yet but I'm really excited about it and it's called Hamnet have you (gasps) heard about this one I've read it it's did you love it it is wonderful it's also a really good pandemic book yeah so Mm -hmm. it's by Maggie O'Farrell I I'm counting it as something borrowed because uh I watched a interview between uh, Cersei author Madeline Miller Ugh. and Cloud Atlas author David Mitchell, who are like two of my favorite writers. 100%. And they just like, they just fawned over each other and each other's work the entire time. It was like such a beautiful so thing to witness from my living room couch during a Ugh. pandemic. Yes. And and David, and he blurbed it. Like he he's quoted on the front. Oh. I think he calls it luminous. But he just raved about Hamnet. He said it was one of the best books he's read this year. And I'm so excited to dive into that. It one. is great. It it's also very really um, interesting. like chewable. Like it's slim. So it'll just be like a really wonderful like two weeks of your life. 
that you know what I mean Perfect. it's not going to take yeah. like it, the weather will cool but not all the way <laughs> it's not going to be like <laughs> blizzard outside before yeah. I finish no it's a wonderful book it's really inventive oh yeah. good so I think my something blue Ooh, is I'm going so to now. be well so I'm going to follow your definition of blue actually oh, I thought you were going to do a thing for okay, no. no no I'm okay. going to do a like a moody murder mystery oh because fab. I feel like now is a great time to read things that are like a little bit creepy. Yeah. And Tana French has a new book coming out, which is like always an amazing occasion, I feel Mm -hmm. like, because her stuff is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Most of her books are part of a Dublin murder squad. They take place in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And um, this one is not part of that series, but I've heard it is still excellent. I love her standalones. I love the ones that yes. are. I love them all. She can write Isn't a mystery. She incredible. She's an Irish lady who knows from like noirish, exciting yes. things and great character. Barry. This is so fun. Can we just keep hanging out? Yes. Forever? I mean, it's almost, <laughs> what are you it's doing? It's almost cocktail hour. So, <laughs> I mean, in the pandemic, it kind of is. <laughs> Maybe our next conceit should be like books paired with cocktails. Let's do it. Okay, great. We're going to do it. Cocktails awesome. and books. Yes. Because I feel like I know the book that tastes like an old fashioned. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give it away. Oh but my I already God. Know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I drank a lot of old fashioned. <laughs> I was like, I can't tell if that means I need to read more books or drink more old fashions. The great news is maybe it means both for everyone. Win, win, win. Man, is Barry Hardiman not like one of the most delightful humans ever? She totally is. She totally is. All right. That's it for this week. Hey, If you're a reader and you have not yet participated in Nerdette's Book Club, it is not too late. Our book for this month is called The Shadow King. It's by Maza Mengiste. Tune in for a chat with the author coming up on Friday the 11th, and then you can hear a panel discussion two weeks after that. The show is produced by me and Justin Bull. Our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak. Do your homework! Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.